the book of Ephesians, and we'll look at uh, the second chapter. And uh, let's notice in verse uh, 4 of Ephesians chapter 2. Praise God. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this time that we have together on this Father's Day. We celebrate the fatherhood of God. We worship you this morning. We give you praise and honor and glory for speaking to us. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Notice with me in the book of Ephesians in the second chapter, and we notice in verse 4, it says, But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace you are saved, and has has raised us up together, and made us sit together together, in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Amen. I just dropped by to tell you this morning, don't forget where you're seated. You're seated with your good, good father. You're seated with the Lord Jesus Christ. But I want you to pay particular attention to this one phrase in verse 4, but God, who is rich in mercy. You know, when you think of someone who's rich, amen, you think that that person will never run out. Well, we know that men and women can run out. But when the Bible says God is rich in mercy, that means that there's more than enough mercy to go around for all of us. Hallelujah. He has, he's the God who's more than enough. And he has more than enough mercy for any mistake that you've ever made. For any failure that you have happened in your life. He's rich in mercy. Glory to God. Say it with me. My father father is rich rich in mercy. mercy. Now, let's look over at 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and notice with me in verse 3. 2 Corinthians, the first chapter and the third verse. Great verse of scripture here. When we think of the attributes of our Father, we could think of several of them. Amen? We can think of this, that He is good. That He is faithful. Amen? That He is all-powerful. But yet, He is also all-merciful. And I want you to notice this verse of Scripture in 2 Corinthians 1.3. It said, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. Now pay attention to this verse again. Blessed be the God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, He is the Father of mercies. Now, that word mercies is not singular. That word mercies is plural. Our Heavenly Father is rich in mercy. He's rich in mercies. And His mercies cover anything and everything that you'll ever need in your life. Say it with me. He is the Father of all mercies. Now, of course, when we think of the mercies of God, it's good to look back at Psalms 103 
And notice with me in verses 1 through 5 of Psalms 103, the psalmist is filled with the love of God. The psalmist was communing with God and spending time in the presence of God. And something just came up out of his spirit. Amen. Notice with me, he said, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Do what? All that is within me. Bless his holy name. Then in verse 2, he says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Or we could say it this way. Forget not all his mercies. Amen? You know, it's easy to let this revelation slip. The longer we become Christians, I think we need to think more and dwell more and praise more about the mercies of God. Amen? So he says, and forget not all his mercies. Notice with me in the next verse, who forgiveth all, (coughs) not half, Who forgiveth all thine iniquities. Aren't you glad when you came to the cross, Christ didn't look at you and say, Sorry, son, no mercy for you. No, thank God, he forgiveth all thine iniquities. Amen. And then it goes on to say, Who healeth all thy diseases. The next verse says, Who redeemeth thy life from destruction... And crowns you with loving kindness. And what kind of mercies? Tender mercies. Next verse, verse 5. Who satisfies thy mouth with good things. So that thy youth is renewed just like the eagles. Amen. So now going back to verse 4, part A. The scripture says, who forgives all thine iniquities. Now, thinking of that, let's look over at at, uh, Micah chapter 7. And notice with me in verse 18. Micah, the 7th chapter, and the 18th verse. Micah 7, 18 says this. Who is a God like unto you that pardons iniquity and passes by the transgression of the remnant of his heritage? He retaineth not his anger forever. Why? Because he delights in mercy. Your father who is rich in mercy. Your father who is the father of mercies. He delights in showing mercy to all of his children. He delights to showing His mercy toward all mankind. Hallelujah. God is not upset or uptight with you. He's not mad at you, but He is mad about you. Amen. So He is delighted when one of His sons and one of His daughters come to Him to obtain mercy And find grace to help in their time of need. He forgiveth all thine iniquities. And then look at Lamentations chapter 3. And notice with me in verse 22 and 23. Lamentations, the third chapter. And uh, the 22nd verse and the 23rd verse. How many of you are believing with me this morning? Amen. 
We're not just here to have a couple points and a poem and a feel-good message. We're here to hear from heaven. And this is what's on the menu today. So you might as well put your bib on and decide to eat. Amen. This is what's on the menu. Such as I have, give I thee. Amen. Lamentations chapter 3 verse 22. It is of the Lord's (coughs) mercies. Remember, he's the father of mercies. That we are not consumed. Because his compassions, they never fail. Oh, glory to God. His compassions fail not. Notice verse 23. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Well, someone come along and say, well, Pastor Mark, I missed it last week. I missed the mark. I sinned. Well, thank God his compassions and his mercies are new every morning. So don't look in the rear view window. Keep your eyes upon Jesus. Know this, that the Father of mercies is on your side. He is for you and he will enable you to live a victorious life that we sang about today. Thanks be unto the Father of mercies, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, but you know, Pastor Mark, I lived a rough life. And I did this and I did that. And it impacted my body. As a matter of fact, it's affecting my body today. I got good news for you. He is not only the father of mercies in the area of forgiveness of sins, but he is also the father of mercies in the area that he healeth all thy diseases. Amen. I said he healeth all thy diseases. It doesn't matter what the disease may be. The mercy of God covers every one of them. Yeah, but I did this and I did that. Stop talking about what you did this and did that. Think about what he did. Think about what he's doing. Think about what he will do in your life today. I'm telling you, folks, he is the father of all mercies. And Jesus gave a clear-cut example of the father's mercy when he walked this earth. The Bible says how God, we could say it this way, how the Father of mercies anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Come on, with the Holy Ghost in power. And what did he do when he was anointed with the Holy Ghost in power? Here's what Jesus did. He went about being moved with compassion. He fed the multitudes. He healed the lepers. He raised the dead. He caused the blind to see. Hallelujah! And the lame to walk. He went about doing good. He went about doing, he didn't go about doing bad because he was all upset and mad. No, Jesus was anointed by God and the Holy Ghost in power and he went about doing good. Now listen, and healing all that were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. You see, Jesus is and was the express image of his father. Here's what he said. He said, I didn't come down here from heaven to do my own thing or my own will. But I came down from heaven to do the will of him that sent me. Him that sent him was the father of mercies. And you'll see over and over and over again that Jesus' greatest healings were motivated by compassion. 
And if you'll study the Greek very carefully, you will notice that mercy and compassion, those words are used interchangeably. When you see that Jesus was moved with compassion, you will see that Jesus was moved with mercy. Oh, my brothers and sisters, let this get a hold of you today. Let the mercy of God and the compassion of the Lord drive out sickness and disease out of your life. May His mercy, may His compassion, may His love flow through you to people that are hurting, to people that are dying, and let His love flow through you to lift people up. Amen. Hallelujah. And so He's the same. He's the same merciful Father. He's the same merciful Jesus. Yesterday. I wonder, can I get anybody to to testify to the fact that they've obtained mercy before in their their lives? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, there's provisional mercy. I mean, your cupboards were empty. Glory to God. And His mercy came along and filled them up. Amen. He's the same. He is the same. I want to shout it from the housetops. Maybe I'll just get up on the roof here at Heart of the Bay Christian Center on our 35th anniversary and just yell out from the north to the south, the east and the west, my father is good and Jesus is the same yesterday, today. Come on, help a preacher out. He's the same yesterday, today, forever. Hallelujah. So... Just as he showed mercy to the leper that was unclean, he'll show mercy to people that have been infected by disease. Just as he showed mercy to blind Bartimaeus, when Jesus was walking by, blind Bartimaeus said, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. He got the Lord's attention. And just as blind Bartimaeus received his sight, you can bank on this, that he is the same healing Jesus that he was yesterday, today, and forever. And you know something? He's here today. He is here right now. I don't think that we should put his mercies off one moment longer. I think that we ought to press in To the mercy of God. Glory to God. So he is not only merciful in the area of forgiveness of sins. But he is also merciful in the area of healing your diseases. Amen. Amen? But then the psalmist goes along and says. He's not only merciful in those areas. But he redeems your life from destruction. Hallelujah. Anybody's life ever been saved by the mercy of God. Hallelujah. He redeems your life from destruction. He crowns you with loving kindness. He even will satisfy your mouth with good things. How many of you dads believe in to eat some good things today? (laughs) He redeems your life from destruction. He crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Read this verse with me, verse 5. Who satisfies thy mouth with good things. You know, you being over 60 years old and feeling like you're 30, that's mercy. (laughs) 
You know, a lot of people are tucking it and flipping it and freezing it and <laughs> lifting it. And taking this and taking that to make them feel young again. Now, I'm not opposed to any of that. If you want to freeze it, go ahead and freeze it. If you want to tuck it, go ahead and tuck it. If you want to lift it, go ahead and lift it. But never forget that God is the source of lifting. God is the source of renewing your youth. Your Heavenly Father will renew your life just like the eagles. Amen. That's God's mercy. You get to be 70 years old, hallelujah, and you're still serving God with fervency. You're still waking up in the morning because you know your purpose. You can hardly wait to get down to church because you're a volunteer in the day of his power. You're serving God with all of your might in your generation. That's God's mercy enabling you and strengthening you and lifting you and enabling you to be a blessing. Hallelujah. The only reason why. I want to live long and live strong in this world is so that I can do the work that my father gave me and to finish his work. Now to do the will of God and to finish his work, to be a good father, to be a good provider, to be a good volunteer in the day of his power, you must have strength to do it. So I'm declaring today that he's satisfying our mouth right here at Heart of the Bay. He's satisfying our mouth with good things and our youth is being renewed. Not removed. But our youth is being renewed like the eagles. Hallelujah. So have faith in my mercy, says the Lord. Press in. And know that I am your God. Have faith and hope in my mercy. Yea, expect me to do great and glorious things in your mind, in your body, in your finances, and in your spirit, says the Lord. For I am not done with any of you yet. For I would remind you that I have begun a good work in you and my mercy will enable you. My mercy will equip you. My mercy will anoint you to fulfill all the good will of my good, good father. Say it with me. He that's begun a good work in me. He will perform it. He will complete it. Until the day of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Turn over to Psalm 145, verse 8 and verse 9. Look at your neighbor and say, we're going somewhere today. Psalm 145, verse 8 and 9. Glory. Hallelujah. Mm -mm -mm. Psalm 145, verse 8 and 9 says this. Read it with me. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger. He's the father of mercies. He delights in mercy. Hallelujah. He's rich in mercy. And the Bible says he has great mercy. Now notice the next verse, verse 8 and 9. Do you wear a shouting clothes today? Read it with me. The Lord is good to all and his tender mercies 
are over all his works. Hallelujah. Say it again. The Lord is good to all and his tender mercies I'm pausing for effect. Okay, everybody sit down. I know you're excited. Mercy. Compassion. Hallelujah. Don't let your past keep you for moving forward into your bright future. Amen. Yeah. Brenda preached to the women the other day. <clears throat> she said, women, you need to smile at your future. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Now, I want to spend a little bit of time this morning on His restoring mercy. We talked about His forgiving mercy, His healing mercy, is redeeming our life from destruction, mercy. Amen? In satisfying our mouth with good things, mercy. Amen? And He is renewing our youth like the eagle's mercy. Now, I want to spend the balance of this time <clears throat> looking over at Luke 15, if you would. Let's look at Luke, the 15th chapter. And I want to talk to you just for a while about His restoring mercy. Everyone say restore. restore. When God restores, He makes things better than before. Somebody get me some warm water, if you would. Some throat coat or something like that. The devil doesn't want you to hear this, but Jesus does. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So let's look at Luke chapter 15. And we notice right down here in verse 11. A certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. And he divided unto them his living. So the younger one wanted his inheritance. Yeah. And you know he didn't want his inheritance for good reasons. He wanted his inheritance because he wanted to partay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, young people are like that. Sometimes they don't think about the future as much as they should. So he said, give me everything that I've got coming to me. Amen. Verse 13. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with what kind of living? Now, I want you to notice with me this phrase, a far country. We could say <clears throat> that this young man was far from his father's house. Or we could say he was far from his father's will. 
So he went into a far country and he wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land. And he began to be what? In want. Things were going really good for a while. Sin has pleasure, but it's just seasonal. Okay? Anybody tells you that sinning ain't fun for a season... Well, I won't go there. Thank you. I needed that. You remember the Menon, the Menon uh, shaving thing? I slapped him in the face. Aren't you trying to impress someone? No, I'm trying to bless someone. All right. He began to be in want. Some of you today, not all of you, but some of you have relatives that are in great want. They're in great need today. Some of them just don't know it yet. But I got a word from heaven today. They're going to know it. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country... And he sent them into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself. I'm telling you today, it's a good day when our sons and our daughters and our relatives come to themselves. Pastor Mark, they, mine haven't come yet. I tell you by the word of God, they're coming. They're coming. Amen. Say it with me, they're coming. So it says, and when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? You see, before he wasn't thinking clearly, But all of a sudden, when he came to himself, his thoughts started clearing up. People that go into a far country have foreign thinking. They have thinking that is foreign to Father's house. Come on, somebody. But when they come... To themselves. Their thinking processes, thought process, all of a sudden begin to clear up. I can remember when I went into treatment in 1974 for heroin addiction, my thinking was fouled up. The only one that I thought about was me, myself, and I. But there was some prayers taking place for Mark Thomas. Now understand this, that I grew up in a Catholic home. 
but my parents loved Jesus. And they did not cross all their T's and dot all their I's and pray perhaps as accurately as we know how, but they prayed fervently out of a heart of love for Him and out of a heart of love for their children. My mind was blown. When I said far out, I wasn't kidding. But over the process of time, my thoughts started becoming clear. I all of a sudden started thinking clearly and accurately and concisely. The prayers of my parents clarified the oppression over my soul. You may be here today and you think, do my prayers count? You better believe they count. You just stay in prayer and you stay in faith. Say it with me. Clarify. When he came to himself, he said, how many hired servants of my father's have bread enough? And despair, and I perish with hunger. The next three words, I will arise. You see, first of all, his thoughts need to be clarified before he could arise. I'm telling you, I'm seeing in my spirit your sons and your daughters arising. Say with me, I will arise. I will arise. He said, I will arise and go to my father. And will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. And I am no more worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, what happened? His father saw. Him. What was his father doing? You've all seen that old ad about the hotel. We'll keep the light on. They're sitting out there in the porch. And they're saying, we'll keep the light on. Well, I believe that as moms and grandparents and dads, we need to keep the light on for our children. And to keep the light on means keep your spirit Active in faith and expectancy and don't quit and don't give up. Your sons and your daughters will arise. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was, but when he was a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. His father was so expectant that when he saw his son from afar off, he ran toward him. That is a picture of your good, good father today. He delights in mercy and he runs toward the prodigal. Come on, somebody. Verse 21, And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven 
and in thy sight, and I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servant, bring that dirty old robe that I'm just about done with. No, he said, go in that closet and bring forth the best robe and put it on him. And not only that, go over in that jewelry box and get the best ring and put it on his hand and put shoes on his feet. You see, in those days, a prisoner, when they were set free from prison, they were set free barefooted. This prodigal was in prison to the kingdom of darkness. And he was on his way home. And when his father saw him, restore my son unto full sonship. Give him the best robe. Put the best ring on his finger. And give him his gospel shoes. Because once he is restored to sonship, he's got some places to go. He's got some paths to walk in. My father is not finished, hallelujah, with your sons and your daughters. Thank you for those three grunts and those two holy amens. (laughs) And bring hither the vegetarian meal. And bring hither the fatted calf. And let us eat and be merry. For this, my son was dead. But he's alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to make merry. Now here's one thing that I've learned about faith. If you are in faith and you are in expectancy for something good to happen, you don't wait to be merry. You don't rejoice, amen, until you've received the full manifestation, but you rejoice ahead of time. And you give God praise and you give glory. In closing this message, turn quickly over to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Hebrews, the fourth chapter, the 16th verse. This is my Father's Day message for you. Hebrews, the fourth chapter, the 16th verse. Say with me, he's the father of mercies. He's rich in mercy. He delights in mercy. And the throne of grace and the throne of mercy is open today. Hallelujah. So I want to pray with you today. I want to take a few minutes to pray for people that need healing mercy. Anybody need healing mercy in their body today? Raise your hand. Amen. How many of you are believing God for a son or a daughter or maybe a relative or maybe a friend to come back to the Lord? Raise your hand. Amen. Okay. That's a lot of you. And I think that that requires all of us to activate our faith together as we pray and as we open the altar in just a few moments. Because this message today is our Father's Day gift to all of us. And our Father stands this morning with open arms and an open heart and love and compassion for all that will call upon Him today. In the book of Hebrews in chapter 4 verse 16, I want you to notice this. He says, let us therefore come, how? Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace. 
See, boldness is, is a, a word for having confidence. Now, whether you realize it or not, your confidence and your faith in the mercy of God has increased this morning. Just simply by hearing about it. Because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. Now notice this, that we may obtain what? That we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. Every head bowed and every eye closed. This is our invitation today.